Welcome to Scare Talk, a horror movie podcast for horror fans. This podcast will cover horror movie reviews, ratings, and rankings. Now for your hosts, Danny and Joel. <laughs> All right. This is Scare Talk. I am Danny, and I'm here with Justice Joel. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? <laughs> um, and today we have a couple of guests from Sacramento. We have Kiri and Jason, the Sacktown Movie Buffs. That's yep. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kiri, why don't you introduce yourself so we know whose voices is who? Yeah, not a problem. So it's it's actually Kier. Uh, Kier so yeah, it's Kier, sorry, and sorry. A, uh, you know, it's all everybody messes messes it up. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, so yeah, um, so yeah. We, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Jason will give his part. But we're both part of Sacktown Movie Bus. We're, we're we're best friends for like the last like you know twenty plus years, twenty five plus years, um, and we kind of just do our own. Uh, you know, podcasts in terms of, uh, we do a video as well as an audio podcast. And we review pretty much everything, not just horror specifically. Jason's a big time horror guy. I like horror as well, but he's a little bit more into horror than I am. I'm more of an action junkie. But, um, but we both, you know, just like films in general. So we just like discussing films, debating films, and, and, you know, just kind of going from there. So cool. Yep. Same here. We've been friends nice. for, uh, what, like 13 years? Yeah, I think um, we used to work together at Hollywood Video, um, dating ourselves there. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, back in that. 2008. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2008, yeah. <laughs> I think is when we, yeah, so we've known each other. We were roommates for a few years too, so um, yeah, for 12 years? Yeah. 14 12, years. 13, 14, Four. whatever. 14, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, and we got Jason too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like here said, we go back like uh, to like high school in the. I, you know, I don't want to get into age or anything here, but like the high school for us was the mid '90s, so it's been a while. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have, um, you know, I've loved movies ever since I was a. a a little bitty kid and uh for me like i love all genres of, mu- of movies but uh it's not even close like horror is my my thing you know like i i, I it's mm-hmm. it's 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 what i love about all the other kinds of movies for sure so awesome. yeah yeah all right so today we're gonna talk about firestarter um from 1984 uh as you guys probably have heard there is a new Firestarter <laughs> coming out in May. So, uh, it looks like it's just like a re-adaptation of Stephen King's novel. Doesn't seem to be connected necessarily to the original movie. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, kind of look at this one and eventually compare the two once the new one comes out and see what it mm-hmm. looks like. So, um, okay, Joel. Sure. Well, actually, before before we get too far into it, you guys are from Sacramento. Same with uh, me and Joel. Joel abandoned right. the city uh, <laughs> last year. Not just the city, I abandoned the state. <laughs> yeah, we're in Idaho now. I'm in so. good, good old Idaho right now. Yeah. Um, did you guys grow up in Sacramento? No. Um, so, I mean, well, 
Yeah, well, no, we didn't grow up in Sacramento. Uh, both of us have military backgrounds. Um, um, I've lived probably a few more places than Jason has, and he can tell you about his background. But me, I, I've lived all over. I was born initially in Southern California. Uh, my parents mm-hmm. were both in the Air Force, so I've lived everywhere. I've, you know, I think I told you guys before the show, I've lived in Nebraska, I've lived in Florida, I've lived mm-hmm. in Germany, I've lived in Japan. So I'm really from everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> so, uh, gotcha. um, so basically how Jason and I essentially met is, uh, I actually moved back to California when I was 16 and uh, up north actually in, uh, Yuba City. Mm-hmm. Um, is where mm-hmm. we is where I lived, um, and then uh, my parents were stationed at the Air Force Base, which is Beale. Um, so I went to Wheatland High School, which is up in Wheatland. Um, so both of them are about forty five minutes north of here, and that's where I met Jason. We're we're in the same uh, high school together. So okay, and are nice. you guys in Sacramento now, or are you kind of on the outskirts over in the Wheatland area? Um, I'm I'm in. Oh, Sacramento. No, I live I live downtown. Okay, cool. Oh, okay, yeah. I lived down there for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, like, I like it. It's got its problems, but I like it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I live more in the in the in the in the burbs part of like you know off of like Highway 50 and like Watt and like a neighborhood. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm oh, over okay. in uh, the Carmichael area, so kind of close. Okay. To yeah, not not too too far than, yeah. from where I'm at. Then. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, awesome. So let's get into the movie. Joel, can you tell us who's part of this one? Yes, I can. So this one stars Drew Barrymore, um, little Drew Barrymore. <laughs> she was in E.T., Cat's Eye, which was a, another Stephen King um, novel. Uh, she was in Donnie Darko. And most recently, she was actually the voice of the principal in Scream 2022. I did hear about she was, um, know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think um there was a few um original cast members that were that lent their voices to this to the new one, which is pretty cool. Um David Keith, he's Andy, he is the dad. Um he was in The Indian in the Cupboard. <laughs> yeah. An officer and a gentleman and Major League Two. All right. And then we've got Martin Sheen. A uh, another veteran actor here. <laughs> he was in Apocalypse Now, Spawn, The Departed, and The West Wing. 155 episodes of The West Wing. I think he was the president in that show. Yeah. Um, it was written by Stanley Mann. He wrote Damien Omen Two, Conan the Destroyer, and um, Meteor. <laughs> like a end of like an end of days kind of kind of movie there. And this was directed by Mark L. Lester. He directed Commando, Armed and Dangerous, and Showdown in Little Tokyo. <laughs> okay. So you said Conan the Destroyer? Yeah. For the right The Destroyer. It was like the sequel to Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> okay. Also had Arnold in it. So. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think I heard of that one. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So this one, uh, synopsis. A couple who participated in a potent medical experiment gain telepathic ability and then have a child who is pyrokinetic. Um, that's the first time this movie is the first time I've ever heard of the term pyrokinetic. So <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of new for me. I mean, I knew about this movie. I knew what it was about, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know about that term. I think that might be a made up term for the movie. <laughs> 
Might be. It's very possible. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not for yeah. sure. I've, I know I've heard that term before, but I don't know that I've heard it specifically related to Firestarter. Yeah. So I, you know, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So this was the first time that I had seen this movie. Um. Which I just Me too. watched it a <laughs> couple of days ago. Um. Kier and Jason, had you guys watched this in the past? Yeah, 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 I've, I've seen, seen, I've seen, I saw it as a kid. Okay. <laughs> so really yeah, same ourselves. here, same here. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I always, uh, you know, heard about it, heard about, you know, Drew Barrymore's in it as a kid. Um, I never really cared to watch it just because the plot didn't really interest me that much. But um, the new one looks kind of cool, so thought we'd give it a shot. Um, Joel, this was your first time, you said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. Same with me, like, you know, working at Hollywood Video for a few years, like, you always see the cover of it, but we just never, never, like, I mean, you know, there's always a lot other movies to choose from <laughs> besides yep. some random 80s movie. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed E.T. I liked Drew Barrymore um, as, like, a young actress. Like, she's, you know, she was pretty talented. Back in the day. Um, but I just, I don't know, something about it just never really appealed to me to see it. Um, but yeah, so it's because of this new one that um, that we decided to do an episode on this one. <laughs> right. And so, sure. you know, got us to watch it. So, um, okay. So, Kier, what was your, like, do you remember back when you were a kid watching this, if you liked it or kind of what? Yeah, what you know, you I remember liking it as a kid. Um, I, I did revisit again, I don't know, maybe in my teens or, or early twenties. Um, uh, but as a kid, you know, I pretty much loved almost anything, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, um, I, you know, going back to my background a little bit, like I said, I spent a lot of time overseas and when I lived overseas, um, you know, we didn't have uh cable or, or, you know, really we had like one channel usually when you lived overseas <laughs> at that time. So, um, so our thing was to rent movies a lot of times when we lived overseas. And that's kind of how I got into love for movies in general. Um, so, but I loved almost everything as a kid, you know, yeah. and this one, I remember really, mm-hmm. really liking as a kid and then revisiting it, you know, in my late teens, early twenties. And it definitely feels dated, <laughs> you know, when you watch it, then the special yeah. effects, you know, aren't as up to snuff as, you know, as, you know, because it's years later. Um, and the pacing is just a little bit slower than, than I remembered it being as a kid as well. Um, yeah. so it was never one of my favorite Stephen King movies or even my favorite Drew Barrymore movies in general as a, as a kid actress. I actually probably like Cat's Eye a little bit more, to be honest honest with you so okay all right what about you jason when you watched it as a kid and currently yeah kind of the same thing like i loved it i loved it when i was a kid it was like in fact re-watching it for this show i was reminded like how certain scenes were just kind of burned into my brain you know like some of those early movies that really influence you and i remember it's one of the very first movies that i was really like emotionally invested in you know it came out when i was six you know what I mean? So, and I remember certain scenes, like like it was yesterday, just like being like really worried about Drew Barrymore and her dad, you know, <laughs> as a kid. So, I loved it when I was a kid and I kind of like here, I revisited it again when I was, uh, you know, an adult or a uh, younger adult and it didn't really work for me as much anymore. And, you know, I don't know if we're jumping ahead by saying this, but... Now I like it again. I don't know what I don't know what that's about, but I mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching it again for the first time in probably 
15, 20 years uh, <laughs> wow. yesterday. <laughs> All right. Nice. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately did not have time to, to rewatch it again, so I don't know if my, my feelings would, would, would have changed if I saw it again <laughs> yesterday. So, but uh, I... I, I uh, um, what I will say about Jason, he he he's probably more inclined to watch a movie years later and then and then uh, that he didn't necessarily love and then relike and like it again. I don't know that if I would ha- I would I still think that I would still think it was dated if I if I saw it again today. I'm not, you know, yeah. uh, but you know, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe <laughs> I'll watch it again someday and I'll be like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, some things, uh, you know. Like I said, I just watched it recently. Um, some things that really stood out to me is uh, the score. I really love mm, the music yes. in it. Um, yeah, yes. It's very 80s. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's very yeah. 80s. Um, Tangerine Dream. <laughs> I had to look yeah. at uh, who did the music because I was like, this has to be John Carpenter. It sounds yeah. a lot like a film he would have uh, done the music for, but it was not him. I can't remember no. who it was, but it was not. Him. It was Tangerine Dream. It, oh, it was shown like in okay. in the very beginning of the movie. It said like score by and then Tangerine Dream. Oh, gotcha. At the bottom, okay. but yeah. So they really wanted you to know who it was. <laughs> what? <laughs> was like, oh, yeah. to differentiate himself from John Carpenter yeah. to let you know. Yeah, you know he was so. Good. Oh no! I mean they've <laughs> yeah they they've done they did a lot of really good scores for movies. They did like the score for Risky Business. Uh, they did the score for The Keep. Okay. Which is a really kind of under the radar Michael Mann movie. That's uh, th- yeah, they do great, great electronic scores. Nice, huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, did you guys enjoy the score as well? It sounds like you did. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember the score being pretty good, and I do remember that it. You know, the thing about the eighties and around that time period, a lot of the horror films, a lot of the films in general, had that scene. That sound, you know, that 80s type sound to it, you know, which is very distinctive whenever you're watching like a horror movie or even an action movie or something of that nature. So, um, yeah, so I I always do love those 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 old school like 80s kind of like eerie kind of sounds that they had in the film for sure. Right. Synthesizers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Synthesizers all day long. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep. <laughs> but that was also big in all the popular music at that time as well. So, yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think, Joel? I, you know, for, um, for, so I'm not a huge, like, 80s fan, um, 80s, like, horror. I'm, you know, I'm not a big, like, Jason fan, like, Slash and all that. It just, it's just kind of cheesy and campy. But, um, and also, like, bad acting for the most part, too. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get that at all from this movie. Um, I didn't think it was that campy at all. And the acting was actually, like, good for an 80s horror movie. Um, I thought that the relationship between Drew Barrymore and her dad was a little weird in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um, it's just, there, there is a line that I, that I wrote down because I wanted to remember it. <laughs> That he said to her at one point, and um, they're like running, they're running um, in the beginning of the movie, um, running from the shop. (laughs) And at one point, he goes, I'm crazy about you. And she goes, I'm crazy about you too. And I was just like, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) You know, most people say, I love you to like their daughter, and you just, I'm crazy about you. Sounds a little, uh, I'm mad weird. about you. I'm mad about you too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, it does. It does sound a little, a little, a little closer uh, than you would want for a, a, 
uh, daughter <laughs> yeah. and father's relationship, I guess. <laughs> she's like eight or something. Like she's yeah, she, yeah. She's not even eight. I don't even think she's eight. Eight yeah. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So I mean, some of it was a little, a little strange to me, and also it 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 is a little dated as well. Her shooting fireballs all of a sudden at the end of the movie was a little strange. <laughs> like usually things just catch on fire when she's you know concentrating, but then she's like shooting fireballs at the end of it, and it's like okay, well. It's because she That's, reached full you know, power. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her dad was killed. And so. Yeah. It, Which, uh, I mean, was he like, he was shot in the arm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I noticed that. It too. wasn't really a. <laughs> yeah. It's like a shoulder yeah. shot, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. Well, that's I mean, all it took, you know? They didn't have yeah. the medicine they had today. <laughs> you get shot in the arm, you get to wrap for you. <laughs> 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 um, so fun. I was looking up some uh, facts about the movie, and something that I read is actually everything was practical effects. So yeah, it was the eighties. They they yeah. didn't have a uh, CGI um, really back yeah. then, so everything almost had to be practical effects back in the early eighties. So yeah. it's kind of crazy about that fireball thing, then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're like a practical crazy. fireball. Shoot, yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah we, we've done shows in the past about, how, you know, how much, you know, because, you know, we, we have a love for 80s horror because that's pretty much everything was practical effects back then for mm. 80s horror, you know, because they didn't have CGI. Their, you know, computers weren't like, you, you know, what they are today. So it was just, yeah. you, you had to do everything practically back then. So most of all of my I, favorite horror films yeah. are all practical effects. So. I do appreciate that for the eighties. Like I do love the practical effects um, of the eighties and stuff. And I, I really wish that they would, you know, kind of bring that back to today. <laughs> I know CGI is it's cheaper, a, and yeah, it, it's cheaper. That's it's, that's why. I mean, it's it's just so yeah. much easier to do because you know you got to figure like how much movies go for today. I mean, the budgets are ridiculously over a hundred mm-hmm. million dollars for a horror movie today because of the star power that you have in it and their commanding yeah. power. It's just so much easier just to do the 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 CGI on a computer. Um, you know, do it that way, or have a bunch of characters in front of a green screen um, and do it mm-hmm. that way. It's just so much easier to do it that way. And that's kind of why a lot of, you know, directors have opted to do that just because of cost. But there's just something to be said about, you know, the directors that still like practical effects, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It takes more work to actually build something, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs) It's just kind of like, I mean, you know, in in today's, you know, whole social media and everything like that, it's it's very... um, you know, the majority of people that are talking about that kind of thing are talking about how much they don't like CGI in their horror movies. So you would think that, you know, directors and stuff would kind of, you know, I, I think that they'd get more people watching their movies if they were using practical effects as opposed to, to CGI and, you know, special effects and all that. It's just, I don't know. I think um, the horror purists would, would, would care about that more. Um, yeah. But I don't know what, what, what group General they fall population. into in terms of, <laughs> in terms of the overall broad spectrum of people that go to movie theaters today. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, Jason and I have had these conversations back and forth over the years about, you know, where things are going or where things are headed in terms of just movie making today. And, you know, not only is it, is it cheaper, but it's just, I don't think that your average movie goer today really cares unless they're really, really in horror. And they're really into like older horror from like the eighties and early nineties. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the younger generation from, you know, two thousands and up, 
you know, they're, you know, unless they have a love for old school horror, you know, they kind of grew up seeing CGI for the most part. And so those, yeah. those movie goers, they're not going to appreciate it the same way that somebody that grew up in the eighties the or nineties watching older horror with practical effects. I, I just think we have a different level of appreciation for it than a lot of the people, not everybody, but I'm just saying there's a mm-hmm. lot of people today, you know, that I know that are in their early twenties that don't really care, you know, they, they don't yeah. care whether it's, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, they won't change over to practical effects unless unless it's a low budget and they're kind of doing it guerrilla style, um, or yeah. they lose money. Like a big production movie loses money, um, mm-hmm. and they don't get the audience. They don't get the people in the theater. Then maybe they'll go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, maybe we need to spend a little more to make a little more. But um, if the general population, the general audience is still going to go see it, then they might as well cut corners and cut costs, yeah. which sucks. But You know, yeah. and, you know, in my opinion, CGI is actually getting better. <laughs> so, it is. So it is getting, in some cases, harder to tell. You know, it used to be, like, so obvious, you know, like, like even in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, when they would use CGI in a film, I could tell immediately. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I still can tell, you know, and I, I, a lot of times I just know because of the movie itself, you know, I can, I can tell just because of the, the, you know, I know that, like, you know, any Avenger movie or something like that. It's, it's just a bunch of dudes running around on a green screen. It's so well, obvious, yeah. you know, but, um, but, you know, there's certain <laughs> Those, scenes, you know, you know, that you can still get away with it sometimes nowadays because it looks so good and it looks so clean that it's, it, it is kind of hard to tell. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, it's hard to make a giant dinosaur or dinosaurs <laughs> running at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and look realistic, mm-hmm. you know, and still keep your budget under $300 million for the next Jurassic mm-hmm. Park movie. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of hard yeah. to do that. So I kind of fault it, but I also go into it with, you know, like, how would they do that today? How would you be able to have 50 dinosaur stampedes running <laughs> after a group of actors? You know what I mean? And make it look real. Yeah. I just think you have a yeah. tough time doing mm-hmm. that today. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't hate CGI. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always going to prefer mm. practical effects, but I do understand that there are some things that you can only do that way, and people shouldn't limit their imaginations to not do it. You know, but I think the best cases are where it's kind of a, a like a really well done mixture of both, which we are seeing. Like, I, I, you know, while we were talking, I just happened to Google, you know, recent horror films with practical effects, and like there are some ones here like the uh, like Krampus, like scary stories to tell in the dark, the evil dead remake where it's kind of a mixture. There was a lot of practical effects, but they kind of uh, complement them with some CG around the edges. You know what I mean? Right. So mm-hmm. I like that there are some filmmakers that still insist on at least doing partially practical effects, but maybe, uh, uh, you know, adding to it with CGI yeah. here and there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also have to keep in mind, you know, a lot of these, these, the, especially the bigger horror films, um, you know, the, the studios, the, the producers of these films, you know, they're on, you're on a budget with them. You know what I mean? They're going to say you have X amount to, to do this film. And, you know, you start looking at cost, even if you want to do the practical effects, they're going to probably be like, well, that's going to take you over cost. You can save couple hundred grand right here just doing a CGI effect. You know what I mean? And as mm-hmm. a director, you're probably just going to say, okay, I will just save the money in order to do this. So Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it takes less time. 
too. Yeah, and it takes a lot less yeah. time, you know. And you can do it. You don't have to do it while they're filming, and all you have yeah. to do is just film a character running and screaming, and then you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you just you know have some computer wizard in the background after the movie's been shot, and he can go back in and edit in whatever you want him to have, you know. Sure. So it's just it's yeah. just so much easier, you know. It, I mean, it's harder for an actor, I would imagine, just to be replying to something that you don't even necessarily really see, you know. So, uh, right. but yeah. Yeah. yeah, it takes talent on the on the actor's part there to <laughs> to um, to really like be affected by something that they can't even see, like a green screen kind of thing. Like it's you know, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I do like CGI. It's just in like action movies and stuff. That's fine. Like the Mar- like you're talking about the Marvel movies. Um, I just prefer in horror <laughs> to kind of stick with with practical. But as far as horror goes, that's like the one genre that basically gets the least amount of pe- amount of people going to their movies. Um, you can get like a Marvel, you can get a bunch of people going to like a summer blockbuster, but it is harder to get people to go see horror. Um, and a lot of the times because they're rated R and th- that limits people right there. Um, and so do you kind of do have to cut corners, cut costs and stuff to, to make it so that you can actually make a profit off of it. <laughs> right. But, right. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's hard in general to make a profit these days. And Jason, oh, yeah. had this conversation before, um, in terms of, you know, I think we, we, um, I think Jason brought this up, but something like, you know, any, any new, like last year, for example, you know, every single new movie, they came out that didn't have like already like a, like there wasn't a sequel that already had like a built in audience pretty much bombed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. so yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're a producer and you, and you know this, you know what I mean? Y- you know, why are you going to take a risk on a bunch of practical effects on a new horror film, you know, and you know that, you know, costs are already and then the chances you're going to get your return on that investment are, are kind of slim at this point. So, um, so yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't see it going in the other direction where more people are going to do practical effects. I, I see it going to just more CGI in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, these days, the only movies that I've seen horror movies with practical effects that are new are more the like super low budget. So they, they can't even afford CGI and they're <laughs> kind of the director kind of doing the yeah. practical effects, you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah. And then obviously those, those people are, you know, going to be more of the horror purists and, and all that. So sometimes right. they, they're going to take pride in that kind of work. But, um, so let's get back to the movie. So, uh, <laughs> kind of went on a tangent there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, there is practical effects in the movie. All of it is practical, which is, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, a lot of the explosions, you know, and all the fire and all that. Um, so, Joel, you said you kind of liked Drew Barrymore in it. You thought she was good. I didn't think she was yeah. good. I, you didn't? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, she's cute. You know, she's a cute little <laughs> actress and, you know, mm-hmm. I think, I don't think she did anything great though. I, I didn't see any, like, oh man, that, that was amazing. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> she's not going to win any Oscars for this performance, but <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it, when it was just, some of the shots around her were just like really cool looking, like the whole, um, whenever she would like really concentrate on something and, you know, something would go up in flames. You'd see like flames 
either in front of her face or in the background of her. And it's just yeah. some of the shots are really cool. Um, and, you know, you know, when she's really like focusing and concentrating on something like, I don't know, it was just, I'm, I'm, she's not like the, she wasn't the greatest actress in the world back in the day, but I mean, you know, for being what, six years old when this movie came out roughly, um, I think she did a, a, a decent job yeah. in the, in it. So, some of those shots, I agree, were cool. Um, with the fire and her concentrating and her hair kind of flying back mm-hmm. in the wind and all that. Yeah. Um, but then when she would talk, when she had lines, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really care for it. Jason, you said you really liked it this time around. What, what do you think of Drew Barrymore? Yeah. I mean, like, I, 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 I like Drew Barrymore, you know, uh, you know, I grew up on E.T. and this and Cat's Eye, like Kier said. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's part of it, I think, is it's a different style of acting for kids back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, primarily she was cute. And, yeah, the line readings are kind of, oh, I don't know, daddy. You know, I mean, just yeah. kind of very <laughs> a little. It's a different style of acting than I think kids do these days. But, like, yeah, yeah the, it's the, not going to. The script. Yeah, the, the script. You also yeah. have to, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a little uh, self-conscious, a little awkward, but um, I, I I just like her, so I, I, I just kind of go with it, I guess. And, you know, also, you know, I, do, I did find the, the father-daughter bond between her and David Keith. Uh, you know, I mean, I know we already mentioned that maybe it pushes it a little bit in some areas, mm-hmm. but I did find that a very, like, affecting, like, it felt real. It felt like they really did like and love each other you know what i mean so i i bought mm-hmm. that bond so that kind of carried it through for me yeah um yeah the whole connection with the father daughter was was definitely one of the strong points of the movie for me as well um mm-hmm. so care do you re- remember drew barrymore what'd you think of her yeah, I mean, I didn't think there, you know, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen this one, but I didn't think that there was anything inherently bad about her acting. I don't think, but it, to be honest with you, even as an adult, I don't think she's that amazing of an actress. Sure. You know, yeah. she's not, yeah. not going to win any <laughs> Academy Awards even as an adult. So I wouldn't necessarily think that even as a child, she was even in AT, which, you know, I, I've seen more recently or even Cat's Eye, which I've seen more recently, um, you know, which were all done within, I don't know, like four years of each other or something. They're all done pretty, relatively soon, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have a little around. I think E.T. was actually before this. And then I think after this, then she made, yeah. I believe, Cat's Eye, I believe, um, if, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I think so. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so so that was all within the same window. So, I mean, you know, so I have three different opportunities to, to view her acting. I, I wouldn't necessarily say she's a an amazing actress, but, you know, it's serviceable. And like Jason alluded to or said, um, you know, at that back in the 80s, you know, kids like I said, they gave them like bad lines. You know what I mean? Like some of the lines you also have to look at the script. If you look at the lines that they gave you, I mean, you know, they're not giving you a whole lot to work with in some of those situations either. So, <laughs> hey, this um, you know, by the all the lines are I'm in two. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, all, I mean, all the lines are, 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 you know, and then the movie is a little cheesy overall. You know what I mean? There's certain elements mm-hmm. of, the, of the movie that makes it cheesy. So some of the, the dialogue is cheesy, not just by her, but by some of the other players as well. Um, you know, so it, it, there is a little level of, of cheesy dialogue in, in the film, and that was just the 80s, and you just kind of dealt with it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you watched this, if you were, you know, when this first came out, you, you might not even have noticed, but obviously as an adult watching it, we're going we're gonna to be more critical and more, you know, notice mm-hmm. that the acting may have not been that great, you know, or whatever sure. case may be now. So, 
Yeah, no, that's a good point with the uh, dialogue, just the writing in general. Because, yeah, I think back to some of the scenes with her, and yeah, it was just, I don't know if she could have done a better job acting with what she was given, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, yeah, whatever she you know. said was just corny in general. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a good point, too. Um, all right, so anything else you guys liked or, you know, didn't like about the movie? Well, I, I really like George C. Scott as the, the villain. Uh, what, okay. what is his name? Nightwing or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I know it's been kind of like viewed as controversial because he was, you know, George C. Scott is not Native American and yet he's cast as a character who's Native American. Uh, yeah. But like, I hear that. But when I watch this movie, like he's so insane you know what I mean? Like he's so like evil and insane that I almost view him not like, Oh, it's, you know, it's a non native American actor cast in a native American role. I view him as like someone who is pretending to be something that he's not because he's so crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just thought it was, would be cool to have this name and have a ponytail. And, uh, that's just part of his like insanity because he's so evil and insane. And I think it's a really, really entertaining performance i mean like you really hate him yeah. <laughs> so it works right yeah and then also again going back to that time period of filmmaking um that was pretty common to have a a, a white actor play a, a character that wasn't of their 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 natural background yeah so, yeah um, yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't uncommon to see you know a white person play a Native American or, you know, a Hispanic person or, you know, <laughs> you know, back in those days. Yeah. So <laughs> true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rainbird. What Rainbird. Rainbird. Yeah. Yeah. Nightwing yeah. Rainbird. Something. <laughs> yeah. Birds, yeah. Wings. Some animal <laughs> related. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was pretty good. Um, he, yeah. He I, I, re- I, re- I remember him being pretty, pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, like, pretending to be, like, a custodian janitor type of guy. Yeah. Building her trust and stuff. That was super creepy. I was like, man, this guy's, like, I don't know. It's kind of (laughs) uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, I think, I I haven't read the book. I've read some Stephen King novels, but not not this one. I think in the book, it's more, it's more kind of a, like, he has a little bit of a pedophile kind of interest uh, in her. And I think they just barely touch on that here when she, like, when he, like, touches her knee yeah, at one point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I also like his chosen method of killing somebody, which is just, like, a karate chop to the middle of their face. <laughs> <laughs> so that it, like, collapses their skull. Yeah. Which I think is, is kind of cool in a, like, evil kind of way. <laughs> mm. What'd you think, Joel? overall i like yeah i liked his character it was um he he did a good job being just like kind of a creepy um creepy character trying to get on the good side of of the six-year-old and (laughs) trying to um you know um yeah he, he did a good job with it for sure and um yeah i don't really have anything negative i honestly i when you were saying that he was like Native American, he didn't really seem like he was that way to me at all. I don't know. He just seemed like um, I don't know if I like missed that part <laughs> of the movie, um, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't appear to be even trying to be Native American <laughs> to me. I don't know. He was just like some some white guy that was 
Um, weird. But yeah. 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 Really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... It, they're subtle. It's subtle, you know, and I, you know, again, yeah. I haven't read the book, but I'm pretty sure the character in the book is, so some people th- think it's like poor decision to cast him, but I think he, he, he mm-hmm. does a good job. Yeah. Yeah, he does. For sure. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, the ending, um, so we kind of talked about it where she's just blown everything up. Everything's on fire. Yeah. Everybody's on fire. Um, definitely one of my favorite parts of the movie. She kind of turns into like Mario when he gets like the flower, like he's cooking, <laughs> like, shooting fireballs yeah. and stuff. Shooting fireballs at him. <laughs> um, did you guys like like Evil the Mario. climax? You know, or was it satisfying? What you What you think? For yeah, me, it was. She was just like yeah. enraged. Yeah, I mean, you know, she was just enraged at the end and just you know mm-hmm. went crazy. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely remember the ending with the fireballs all of a sudden. You know, like you said, she used to just, like, make things sponta- spontaneously combust before that. Um, and yeah. then started just, like, actually, like, shooting fireballs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, but like you said, she reached full full, full potential, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> going back get to on her bad the, side. Yeah. No. I guess going back to, like, the, the, my, uh, the, the, the last, the, like, the last dragon, she finally got the glow, you know what I mean? She finally got the, you know, the, the <laughs> she finally got the, you know, whatever she needed finally, you know, came through, you know, with the, you know, seeing her father, you know, get hurt. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made me think that, like, we, I really, it, it made me want, like, a comeback for these kinds of movies, you know, with it, because they, they went through, like, a, quite a run there for a little while with, uh, starting with Carrie mm-hmm. and then the Fury and then, uh, Scanners, which I had to watch immediately after finishing this because it made me <laughs> want to watch Scanners. Um, but, like, we need a, I wish there'd be a comeback of these kind of tele, telekinesis horror movies where people are making like goofy expressions and making people explode or burst into flames. Cause you know, we had, we had a kind of a surprise reappearance of that with Looper. You know, I didn't Uh expect that in Looper, but Mm -hmm. like we need more movies like that because I, I it made me realize I kind of miss those movies where people make funny faces and make people blow up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The subgenre of the funny faces and the explosions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Funny face explosion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was a one of the Friday the Thirteenth. I want to say oh, I can't remember which one. New Blood or something like yep. that. Um, Part Seven. Yeah, had a uh, had some of that in there too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um. All right. So there is some uh some more fun facts about this. So George C. Scott he had the eye patch in a portion of the film because he actually mm-hmm. did have like an eye infection um, <laughs> in real life. So it kind of added to the character, but it was also like necessary. <laughs> for Native American mm-hmm. pirate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a cool little fact. Yeah, because he doesn't have it throughout the whole movie, right? No. Or? No. I don't think he does. No. no, it's just, it's like parts. I think it's more toward the end. When, uh, it, it works though. It works for his character. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's like makes him look even more movie. evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then also we were talking about John Carpenter. I kind of brought him up, but um, he was mm-hmm. originally going to be the director for this. One. Oh yeah. Yeah. This would have been That's interesting right. if he was if he directed this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He was casted as the director when he was doing the thing. Um, okay. And then, because of the critical reception to the thing, they dropped him. 
Because because he did a good job with the thing. <laughs> or I know. No, I know. Crit- no, no, because it no. wasn't. It wasn't a yeah critical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's one thing that will never ever make sense to me is that how much people hated the thing when it came out because I watch it now and it's like it's a perfect movie. How did yeah. anybody never not like this yeah. movie? Yeah. It was ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. Very much. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like a classic now, you know, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but back then, you know, but that, that's usually the case with a lot of films. You know, a lot of films, when they first came out, people just don't get it or whatever, didn't care for it. And then, you know, years down the road, now it's like a, a horror classic. So, mm-hmm. yeah. They dropped John Carpenter for the Conan the Destroyer director. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Conan was, a was a, you know, that was a, probably a, a pretty a, a modest hit back then. You know, sure, Conan, yeah. he had an arm yeah. right when he was, you know, coming into his own. So, yeah. So, yeah. Then, I'm sure, you know, that was like the hot new director that they probably wanted to get for this, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> totally back then. I could, I could see it. <laughs> um, also, something interesting is um, back when the book was out on like paperback, um, Drew Barrymore's uh, mom like had, had just made kind of a a comment to her that she looked like the girl on the cover. Um, hmm. When they saw the book, you know, before she was casted, before she was, you know, even thought of for the role, it was just kind of a something that I guess Drew Barrymore had said like later on after that her mom had said she actually looked like the character in the book. So, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> um, they, yeah, they based it based on that little girl from E.T. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that yeah. one was um, two years prior. <laughs> right. Um, actually, yeah. the book was written, I think it said four years before the movie came out. So, okay, the so book was out for a little while. Two years before E.T. came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add, or um, then we can get into the uh, rating? Mm, not for me, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, think we, I think we covered pretty much everything for okay. this movie. All right. So, we'll start with uh, Jason. What are you going to give this one? <laughs> Okay, so you said it's a, like a Rotten Tomato score, so like a percentage. Yes, out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I'm gonna say I want to say eighty percent. Okay, nice. Yeah, you yeah. like this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for the new one? Are you gonna see it? I am. Like, uh, I know this is a larger topic, but like, I, I, you know, remakes, especially in the horror community, are you know pretty. It's a divisive idea, but I mm-hmm. personally have always been not necessarily in favor of remakes but i never i've never dismissed a remake without giving it a chance because there have been a lot of really good ones you know mm-hmm. like the thing we were just talking about yeah, that's a remake was, you know yeah <laughs> absolutely so i'm always open to giving a remake a chance so um if you know like but i don't see every remake like i'll see you know like the trailer looks okay yeah. You know, the trailer didn't blow me away, but I've seen a lot of trailers that didn't blow me away, and then the movie did. So, right. I'll just, you know, I'll pro- I'm, you know, I'm a horror fan, so I see just about every horror movie that comes out. So, yeah, I'm going to see it. I mean, who, who am I kidding? <laughs> so there, are, there are, like, scenes and lines from that trailer, like, taken straight from the movie, <laughs> from this movie. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. pretty crazy <laughs> that I noticed when I was watching this one. I was like, oh, that, okay. That scene looked like the trailer for the, for the new one coming out. <laughs> right. I noticed that yeah. too, but then it looks like there's going to be some changes too. 
Like, I think mm-hmm. the, uh, it looks like the mo- mother character is going to be in it more. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was already in it more in the trailer yeah. <laughs> than this than Heather Locklear was in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, like a combined, like, six minutes, maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah. In the original. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Kier. that. What do you think on this uh on this original, what are you going to read it? Yeah, I'm. I'm always usually, unfortunately, a little lower than than, than Jason is. I, I'm probably going <laughs> to just off of my recent memory of seeing it. I'm probably going to go with like maybe like a like a seventy percent. To be fair, okay. I'd have to resee it again. But yeah, probably seventy percent because I do remember liking it. I didn't love it, uh, but I do remember liking it. Um, like I said, it's you know it's. It's definitely not the best Stephen King adaptation from the 80s, and mm-hmm. it's probably not even, and it's not even the best Drew Barrymore film from the mm-hmm. 80s. You know what I mean? So, um, mm-hmm. um, so I, you know, I like it, but it's, you know, and it's one of those films for me that is being remade that I don't have any qualms with because it's, I know Jason doesn't have an issue with, I, I do sometimes like, why are they remaking this? This was fine on its own. You know what I mean? Like, why, why, why does this need to be remade? But this was one of those ones that I, I, I'd be hard pressed to find too many people that are like, "Oh my god, why are they remaking the Firestorm? That movie was <laughs> such a classic." You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so I think you'd be hard pressed to find too many people that would be too crazy about them making a remake to you know a, a you know an average horror film from right. like you know 1984 mm-hmm. or whatever it was. You know, yeah. so um, so I don't have any qualms about this particular one, and and you know, I'm I'm a little more. You know, certain films, I, I prefer them just to leave it alone. If I really loved it, sometimes I prefer them just to leave it alone because I feel like if it sucks, um, it kind of drags down the original in some kind of way. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so I, I don't know. So it's like, it's like when you watch a really, really good movie and then they make a sequel and the sequel's just terrible. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, you still love the sequel. I, I mean, the original, obviously, but it just kind of just cheapens it a little bit that they made this really terrible, you know, sequel. So I kind of feel like the same way about when they remake something and it turns out to be just complete rubbish. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it, so you said, you know, there might, probably isn't people that are really upset that there's a remake. Um, but I wonder who was asking for a remake. Cause that's the other thing. Like yeah. where, you know, I mean, it had to be somebody that was like, yeah, you know, I think I could have did a better job on that fire starter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so random. To me. And the, yeah, it, it's random, but those are the ones that kind of like need, like need a, a remake, need a resurgence, like remind people that this movie actually did exist. <laughs> Back in the 80s, because mm-hmm. at this point, like, I mean, if, like I was saying earlier, if the new one wasn't coming out, I, you know, me and Danny probably wouldn't have watched this movie. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, maybe it gets people to to watch the original ones for um, for the, the remake and, you know. Yeah, and I don't know if 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 kids today will will have known of the original Firestarter necessarily, oh, but yeah, I no, mean, if you grew not. up during that time, <laughs> yeah. you know, back in yeah. the '80s or whatever case may be, um, I think it was a moderate hit. Um, so I, I I don't know if I don't think it bombed. I mean, I think that I mean pretty much everybody that I know that is from of my age has has seen it if, at the very least, you know. So it was a um, hit with all the other six year olds. I can tell you that. Yeah, all the other six year olds <laughs> loved it. We all loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't, I definitely don't see there being a lot of purists out there that are like, don't do this to Firestarter. That movie. Was I'm sure there are some. 
I'm sure I mean, you can find <laughs> that for anything. <laughs> yeah, you, you can probably find that for any film now. But yeah, but I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think that this one is is one of the ones where it, I'm surprised that there is a remake. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she needs a, a cameo at least. She needs a to be in it for a minute. I mean, she's she, she's still around. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, let her have a cameo. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Joel. What do you give this one? I'm going to give this one an 83. Damn. I um, I enjoyed it. Nice. I thought it. I mean, you know, it's it's not obviously it's not a classic or anything, but it's for what it is. I thought it was pretty good, pretty okay. decent. So, nice. um, I'm going 67. That oh was, wow! Yeah, I thought it was okay. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> not you hate quite. it. <laughs> it's <laughs> not, it's not fresh. Something. It's fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's low fresh. It's a little it's, bit. Yeah, you know, it's not an F. It's a D. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably not something I'll watch again. Honestly, I thought it was okay, mm-hmm. passable, but uh, it was eh. <laughs> um. All right, so. Thanks for coming onto the show. Um, Absolutely. You guys should go check out their YouTube, their uh, podcast. You can find it on Apple and Spotify and some of those other ones that are out there. Um, Sacktown Movie Buffs, um, fellow Sacramento dudes. They do a good job. Yep. So go check them out. Um, and then, Except for people who moved to Idaho anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I'm the black sheep of this group here. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So go look out for uh, the, the new film, Firestarter, from this year. It comes out in May. Um, we'll be doing a review on that one as well. Yep. Uh, coming up in a few months here. Um, but yeah, that's it. So this has been Scare Talk. Sleep tight. Don't let <laughs> Drew bite. <laughs> <laughs>